thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. I was the eldest boy, there were six of us. And I went to first to the model school and then I went to Christian College up on the Wellington Road, which was only a few hundred yards from where we lived. I never went to university. Kind of very much regretted now, but it gives you a kind of a rounded appreciation. You meet another type of people and um, it broadens your mind. Well, my father's one of 11. His mother was 18 years older than him. He was the eldest and his youngest sister is still alive. She's out in South Africa. She's a doctor. My mother's from Cashel and they're just a shop in Cashel. But she was also mixed up in the drama. And Percy French used to perform at the hall, which was only 50 yards up the street from where they were. And he used to stay with in my grandmother's house. And um, that's kind of why I always knew the name. And uh, he on a couple of occasions, gave her a present of one of his watercolours. And they came down through the family and prized possessions, as you can imagine. He's a great ear for what Irish people say and the way they use words. And his music is lovely. I remember the, the excitement, what was it, 50, 60 years ago, when Brendan O'Dowd, captain of the Loud football team, I think the one that won the All-Ireland. And then he was singing them. And it was a roaring success. Everyone of them, well, you're right there, Michael, up to Gut in the morning. Now, if you go through the woods of Gut you'll hear the raindrops creeping through the black thorn tree. But oh, it is the tears. That I am weeping, weeping, weeping for the loved ones. My father was in the army, in the National Army, and I'm not sure how long, three or four years. He came out then and uh, <clears throat> um, went into the business. And he was the one who, in fact, identified tea as a kind of it's sort of something the Irish people drank all the time, therefore it's important to pay attention to it. And he actually won an international exhibition for tea blending in 1934. Barry's tea became very well known after that, but was only sold in the shop, which is Princess Street, across the road there. He um, decided to make a speciality of it, but then the war came. And of course the government took over the buying and selling the tea, which meant that he had no... He had no say in the quality, which distressed him greatly. And that lasted until the mid-50s, I think. And then we got back our right to buy the tea ourselves. I had um, a friend, Padre Hunagon, and he did some research into remarkable markets and that. So he asked the question, and people said to him, they'd like to buy Barry's tea, but it was too far to go into Princess Street for it. And for sale, for sale locally, they'd buy it. So I got the idea then, I'd sell it outside the shop. And the headquarters of World Tea was London, Mincing Lane. And the travellers would come over here, and they'd always have Indian tea, because that was the, thought to be the best. And they'd always sell it with tip in it, what they call tip. And uh, we decided that we'd look for, see what it looked in the cup, what was the flavour of that. 
not the appearance of the leaf. So one day somebody came into me and offered me um, in African tea, East Kenyan. So I put it down, I tasted it, uh, um, and I put it down. I thought the flavour was much better than, not much better, different. So we were the first people to bring in African tea here, and so now it must be what. 70% of the market, let's say. Well, Tony, my father, he was a TD in the senator, and he was moving out and on, and Fianna Fáil had been in power for 16 years at the time. It was 1969, and I decided it was very bad for the country and democracy to have one party in power for so long. So I said I'd... Um, Give, they asked, the party asked me to stand, and I said I would give it two shots because I wanted to change the government. I'd stand for two elections. So I did that, and then in the second election, we won. It was 1973, and Liam Cosgrave, he offered me a job as a minister, and that's kind of enough you can't refuse. I had two things I'd like to do when I was in politics. One, do something about the north of Ireland, and then the other one was, of course, Entered to Europe to get into Europe. <clears throat> I thought that was where we should be, and I um, objected to the kind of way it has been sold here of going to Europe, and um, that we get money. And I thought we had something, and I still object. I still argue with my party about we shouldn't talk about what we're getting out of Europe. We should say about what we're putting into Europe. We have a set of values which I think are worth pursuing. I'm in fair play, I suppose, and um, tolerance for other people, uh, healthy cultural activity, good at sports, nice climate, and accommodation of other people. Now, and I think we should be pursuing those in Europe, but I think we, we have something to contribute. Politics is a, is a moves and on. You never achieve everything you want to, because of all those other things falling behind. We still try and serve God by organizing the world so that every, so they're not an underclass, an upper class, they're not poor, they're not rich. But I just think now it's a bit late for me to be getting ideals. But I mean, I think that, I think we've, you know, it's that we're only making tiny steps. But I believe that this country is making right steps. But oh, it was the banshee 
that was crying, crying, crying. And I knew my love was dying far across the sea. Now if you go Gertnamona, you'll hear the raindrops creeping through the blackthorn tree. But oh, it is the tears that I am weeping, weeping, weeping for the loved one that is sleeping far This is a download from Newstalk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.